0: You're listening to the Mr. Sensational Gino Vega podcast on the Odyssey Robots Radio Network. Folks, it's me, Gino V. Mr. Sensational Gino Vega. Coming to you with episode 39 of the Mr. Sensational Gino Vega podcast on the IC Robots radio network. That's right, folks. 39 episodes in to this voyage with myself and you, the tens of ones, if in fact you are out there listening. Kind of weird. It seems like uh, on one hand it feels like I've done way more than 39 of these, but on the other hand it doesn't. Um, it's one of those relative, uh, deals, I suppose. Experiencing, uh, kind of an interesting, uh, computer issue as I begin recording episode 39 here. Um, I'm using a, uh, uh, Mac computer, a desktop computer to record said episode 39. And the Macintosh computer uses a Bluetooth mouse. And in a perfect world, I would have a system rigged up where we have um we would have throughout the house areas with u uh, s b chargers plugged in, and these areas would remain static they would not change they would there would reliably be you know a cord maybe in the kitchen, a cord plugged into this desktop computer, so on and so forth and I do attempt to set up those systems around the house, but Uh, Other family members are not necessarily cooperative with this system. So, uh, USB charging cords that I expect to remain in static locations disappear. And it doesn't matter how many I purchase or how many I set up, they're gone again. So, um, one of the issues is this uh, um, USB mouse for the uh, Mac. It um, generally has quite a long battery life, Um, but uh, at some point it will need charging um and it's kind of a pain because you cannot have it plugged in uh to charge while also using it uh so i kind of have to try to keep an eye out for when it is running low and plug it in when whenever there is a chance um that no one's using it but then the part of the problem is there should be a usb cord attached to the computer that i can easily plug it in and charge with but half the time that uh cord is missing Um, so I just happened to notice before I sat down to record this episode that the USB mouse was down to about 3%. So I went and found a charging cord from elsewhere in the house and I plugged it into the computer. And so I am charging the mouse, uh, in between using it as I record, but I was experiencing a very strange thing. So this mouse was on its last legs, battery power wise, and I was using it and it's still like, you know, moving the cursor around the screen and everything. But when I would try to click on buttons on the screen, it's like it had a lack of grabbing Strength, like I would have to press down really hard, and press several times before I could open or close a window or or execute a command. That seems very odd. I don't see how battery power would affect the grabbing strength, the virtual grabbing strength of a mouse uh, as it attempts to grab onto buttons on the screen, uh, based on. The command's high input by me clicking on it. I don't know. Who knows? I don't really know anything about the way uh, computer hardware works. I, I just I plug it in and I use it, and it either works or it does not. Other very irritating thing about um, these uh, Macintosh mouse gimmicks is they're all nice looking when you first get them, but uh, the kind of aluminum looking thing starts to like get these weird... Uh, marks all over it over time I don't know what causes that I don't a a child is the one that that predominantly uses this mouse I don't know if they're doing something very strange to it or what but uh the the initially sleek looking mice always inevitably end up looking very battered as their uh, journey progresses in the sensational household in other news speaking of the sensational household uh myself Ms. Sensational my wife and very shortly, Miss Sensational One, our 16-year-old daughter, will all be fully vaccinated against the coronavirus, COVID-19. Um, and I don't want to belabor the point too much because we already have, um, you know, the, the, the flagship portion of the IC Robots Radio Network, um, IC Robots Stuck at home show and then um, trying to get vaccinated show, which now has come to an end, and we're now preparing for the next phase of the IC Robots uh, Radio Network Universe uh, flagship content because so much of that has been centered around uh, COVID, COVID lifestyle vaccines. I, I don't want to. I mean, I guess I am going to belabor the point, um, but I'm going to I'm going to come at it from a similar perspective as IC Robots, but just add a little bit of. Uh, Uh, my own spin on it, which I guess isn't too different from what he's talked about on his show. But I guess it's kind of a big theme out there in the world. So it's not too weird that we're both uh, talking about this on the show. Uh, This whole fully vaccinated thing has been wild to me because it was, there was so much buildup to this event for so long, like, maybe eventually I'll get vaccinated. And uh, uh, how's this even going to work? I'm going to how am I going to find out about it? Why am I seeing all all these other people getting it? What am I doing wrong? Why am I not getting it? Then all of a sudden suddenly I have a first appointment, but then God, that was great. But now I got to wait for an agonizing two weeks or whatever till the next one, or was it three weeks? I don't remember, but uh, that's the whole thing. That's so funny. And now it's just like, it's, it's such a thing of the past, but uh, anyway, there was so much buildup that to reach this state now of full vaccination it, it's very, I'm, I don't want to say anticlimactic, but it, I feel like there's still this kind of half-life, this hangover just following me around where I still keep thinking, oh yeah, I need to go for my next appointment or how am I going to get my, my, my vaccine appointment? When am I going to get my shot? It's like, bro, you have it. It's done over with time to move on with life. And, and over the last uh, couple of days, last week or so has been the beginning of that sort of emergence out of the COVID bomb shelter, both, uh, physical and metaphysical, uh, existential and material. Um, I was never over the course of this thing. I was neither a full blown, um, shut in, nor was I a belligerent COVID denier. I was of the uh, mindset where I understood this was a serious public health issue, that I was not necessarily in a huge spot of risk to contract the disease or to face the worst outcome from it myself. But that wasn't really the point. Now, was it, it was that there was this very significant public health issue. And when there is a significant public health issue, both individuals and institutions need to probably err on the side of caution and do their part to weather the storm. Uh, And I want to say happily, I mean, I feel like as much as we can get hung up on the images of mutants out there, uh, just trying to go at it through pure selfishness and to uh, try to thwart and stymie other people's uh, best intentions and good reactions. I feel like quite a few people, at least in my world, in my sphere, did behave with a modicum of responsibility and care for the community in the wake of uh, the COVID-19 pandemic. And those of us who are also responsible and just not even, I mean... (sighs) We live in a developed nation with cutting edge medicine and technology. And we have this amazing technology available to us that can protect us from this concerning disease, this concerning public health uh, issue. And it is available to each and every one of us for free, for free. And there's people that are hesitant. Absolutely bizarre. So in that case, I don't even think Getting vaccinated, I mean, yes, it's a responsibility, but that's, I mean, a pure selfish thing, too. Like, why wouldn't you want to protect yourself from this this disease using cutting-edge science and technology? Uh, There's some other famous uh, products that uh, the company Pfizer manufactures, one in particular. And I'm pretty sure it's many users out there take it with no qualms. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. <laughs> Come on, people. The, 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 the technology is available to us. Avail yourself of it. But in any case, I have availed myself of this cutting-edge technology. And now, per CDC guidelines, I am free to essentially go out and traffic in the world, for the most part, particularly in the out-of-doors, as I once did in Normal times again emerging from the bomb shelter covering my eyes from that unfamiliar glaring sunlight I guess that's not true. I saw the sun every day this whole time Um for the most part I I think that there was a little phase in the beginning where where I was shut in But that was more just kind of for fun to see how long I could stay inside but uh No, but you know, it's I I, it, it hit me this last weekend. We had our first bonafide social plans um post vaccination we over this whole year, plus, I think we saw people outside of our immediate family, I saw my mom pretty regularly again, like I said I wasn't like a full blown shut in I wasn't the one where like you know the grandparents haven't seen the kids for a full year we we Using relative uh, caution and uh, good sense preventative measures, I had a few, more than a few, had a, a semi-regularly, I feel safe, relatively safe, thoughtful visits with my mom, particularly when the stuff was going on um, months ago with my dad dying. You know, we didn't do the whole, the relatives saw them through glass. It's just like, you know, I, I was going to go in there and deal with what I needed to deal with. I felt that everyone involved had been living responsibly, you know, in their day-to-day, so it was okay to kind of pot up in that, in that um, immediate family sphere. So I saw my mom fairly regularly. I saw my brother a couple times in his family. Um, we saw friends outside of the family twice, two occasions with two different friends. We, uh, a couple that, were, that Ms. S. and I are friends with came and visited once. And we just we met outdoors and uh, had lunch <clears throat> Outdoors here in Napa, California, and then we went to Sonoma County and uh, had a beer outdoors with another couple that we're friends with. Um, Both cases felt safe. Masks were used. We didn't get all up in each other's grill. We were outdoors, and I'm here to tell the tale. Um, So I think, you know, the way that uh, pretty much my behavior during this pandemic was to wear a mask whenever possible um, and keep a good amount of distance and just be sensible and don't like, go hang out inside. Don't go screaming and yelling inside a bar with 100 other people. Don't go to like, well, there weren't events happening around here anyway. But you know what I'm saying. I, and that seemed to serve me well. It seemed to serve everyone I know well. because Everyone that ad- adhered to that kind of, that basic, you know, reasonable amount of safety and caution. They didn't get sick. They didn't get anyone else sick. The few people I know that did get sick was the result of just full-blown, you know, no, no measures, no preventative measures whatsoever. So, hey. No surprise there. In any case, yes, we had our first social plans uh, this last weekend with another fully vaccinated couple. And it was a great time. It was uh, some people that we do really enjoy seeing, and we'd seen them right before the pandemic started. So we got to see them again, and it was like no time had passed. And it was very strange, though, because it was strange. We, went, we took a hike And we were all unmasked on the hike. The adults were unmasked. The kids all still wore their masks. Not that we asked or told them to, but the youth uh, just seemed very, well, (laughs) that's an interesting point too that we'll talk about, but the youth seemed very comfortable with the masks. So um, Ms. S, um, Miss 1 and Miss 2, my 16-year-old and 12-year-old daughters kept their masks on during the duration of the hike, as did their friend, uh, the son of the couple that we were hanging out with, who is Miss Two's age. He's also like 12 or 13 He kept his mask on and they were just running around having a uh, grand old time doing their usual thing that they do. And it's really funny because the mom of the son and I were talking about how for all the bluster, all the hubbub about uh, it's child abuse to make these children wear masks and this year has stunted them forever and they're all going to die because they were on a screen and so on and so forth, how our particular crew had not missed a beat, were not batting an eye, did not seem uh, to care in the slightest. And I think that us old people, us adults, often overlook the resiliency of the youth. And I certainly don't want to make blanket generalizations, and I I, I cannot stand the mindset of people that have a certain experience, so they cannot understand the experience of others, they cannot accept that other people's experiences may be different from theirs, and may be as real as their own experiences Um, but I just want to give a little shout there. You know, there's so much doom and gloom over the pandemic of how hard it was for families, how horrible it was for children, how everyone's in disarray, divorced, the children are ruined. It was pretty chill here. I've talked about this before, and I don't say this to belittle other people. I don't say this to brag. It's surely through the fluke of how our family is arranged, what our personality types are, what our socioeconomic situation is, what kind of, what our kids' personality types is. A lot of it's luck, uh, I appreciate that luck, and I'm certainly not belittling people that had a hard time. But just for the people that didn't have a hard time, I want to give a shout. And and I, I feel like when people read a lot of accounts of people having a hard time, that kind of freaks them out and makes them feel pressured to think, well, was I having a hard time? Maybe I was. Was I not doing things right? What could I have done better? Oh, I did it wrong. Oh, no. And there's so much of this in family life and parenting. And I, I certainly, I'm not, I'm not advocating that people should just be lackadaisical, hands off. Oh, in my day, my... Parents just beat me and sent me off to play by myself for two hours uh before school and blah blah blah, I don't know you know th- there's that whole romanticism of of not caring for children at all, not participating in family life at all that is not what I'm talking about, but just to kind of be chill about things and let things happen and accept the things that we don't have power over that was kind of the vibe over here, and everyone just kind of settled into it and wrote out the year and it, it came out okay. Were our kids using a lot of screens? They were. But when they they, they set them down when they, they needed to, and I think that that um, lack of a power struggle just kind of taught them to learn how to manage their own time, manage their own resources, figure out what they have to do. Of course, I was here to give them a helping hand or suggestion or advice along the way, but I uh, didn't have to turn into this uh, brow-beating, gnashing of teeth, wailing, renting of hair. Um, So, yeah, they they, uh, had their reunion with this friend that they hadn't seen in a year, although, uh, you know, uh, he's primarily Miss Two's friend. He's probably one of her BFFs. Uh, They they had communicated online again using screens, which allowed them to uh, stay in touch with one another through this whole year. If we'd been separated through something like World War II in the in the 40s or whatever, they would not have seen each other for the the duration. And instead, because of this wonderful time we live in with this amazing science and technology afforded to us by by the uh, place in the world that we are, are privileged to be in, uh, they were able to maintain a relationship, even if it had to be virtual, even if it had to be from a bit of a remove for a year. Uh, and here we are on the other side. But in any case, uh, it was it was wild because it really made me realize... That for us, people, you know, in a so-called developed first world nation who are now fully vaccinated. And again, this uh, my heart goes out to people in the world where this is not the case. And there is still very serious issues with the covid pandemic. And, and that is very real. And uh, but for the situation that I find myself in for me personally, for my family, the pandemic for us really is over. Um, and that's what having these social plans kind of, uh, drove home to me. It was wild. And it it just, cause there's no, it's not a, it's not a a clean break. It's not an easy that ended. Now this new time has started. That's all kind of meshed together and melding together. And I'm kind of like oozing out of that pandemic here and into this new one, but really, you know, I can see my vaccinated friends now without really having to worry, at least at this point where we're at now with, uh, Evidence of vaccine efficiency. Is that the right word? Efficacy? Efficacy. And just the statistics around that and uh, what seems to be the case, it really is possible to go back to something resembling quote-unquote normal life. And uh, I see robots in the final episode of the uh, Trying to Get Vaccinated show made some very important points about how much of that previous normal life we want to get back to. And that is always a subject for debate. I mean, even before... The pandemic, we can always, it some very salient points. I thought we can always kind of assess what's important to us in life. And there's always, you can always, what's that biblical thing separating wheat from chaff, whatever chaff is, no clue. Uh, Maybe, maybe one of you Midwesterners out there can, you guys got farms and stuff. What's chaff? Well, we have farms here too. I I guess I should know. Anyway, there's always time to to, uh, live the examined life and kind of determine what really is important to waste your time and energy on because your time and energy is is a finite thing? Um, what kind of stuff can be put on the back burner? What kind of stuff is really important? And of course, this was one of those dramatic instances, which uh, if you want, can be a jumping off point to think about that. But it's, a, it, it's something that's always pertinent, I feel. Um, but that said, what... Um, Coming out of this bomb shelter of the mind and to a degree the body, the weirdest thing to me about this pandemic time period being over is um I don't want to say that I wasted that time. I don't want to say that I squandered it because I did actually get a lot out of that time out of out of this sort of like enforced quietude of life, simplification of life. I feel like I did take advantage of it. My family did take advantage of it. And I even feel like I appreciated it, but you can never really appreciate the moment enough. Whenever it's gone, you realize it's gone. And ah, it's very hard. There's the whole trendy, the whole buzzword, be in the moment, be in the moment. All these people who are not in the moment are always always, uh, lecturing us to be in the moment. Because I don't know that the human being acting in good faith, being honest with himself can truly be in the moment. Because we don't, we, we live in the moment, but we also live in the past and we live in the future. And it's, yes, one can try to put on airs of some sort of spiritual sanctimoniousness and talk about being in the moment. But I I question, I think you can be cognizant of the moment and you can be cognizant of how it's important to savor the moment, but I don't think you can ever fully occupy that moment to the level that you might want to after the moment is gone. And I've been thinking about that with the pandemic era. I've been thinking about that too a lot, Um, just having aging children, children that are not teenagers, uh, the small version of themselves gone forever, lost in the sands of time. There's no pulling those chubby cheeks back out of of the ether. They're gone. And it's one of those things, um, before you have children... People want to give you a pious lecture about, oh, enjoy the time you have now because it's not going to be the same. And you're like, whatever, it's going to be exactly the same. And it's not, but it's one of those things that you yourself can't truly apprehend until you're in that moment. But then when you're in that moment, it feels like this grueling thing that's going to last forever, taking care of these small children. I've completely lost my own life, my own identity. It's gone forever. But then that time period is just gone in a flash. And suddenly you find yourself on the outside looking back and realizing you can't get it back. And during that whole time that you're you're in anguish over the the, the grueling hardship of small children, you have people piously telling you, enjoy this time because you can't get it back. And you're like, what are you, ta- this time's going to go on forever. Why would I want it back? But it doesn't. Anyway, point being, um, in the throes of the pandemic year, it started to turn into a time period that very much felt like it would last forever. And it went on for long enough that... The positives that did emerge from it um, our four pack family getting to spend a ton of time together M um, s being able to work from home and like cut out to take walks and have lunch you know in a way that's not possible during the normal the pre the pre-pandemic office work schedule situation the extreme ratcheting down of um, obligations, Um, the very, uh, helpful and I hope permanent moving of certain things to the online space. Like for instance, I think back to this last year's back to school night and it was all done being able to view, uh, videos and resources online rather than having to drive out to a school gym and sitting there for hours, listening to other people's questions and blah, 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 those kind of things. Those positives, and and again, I understand many people had very negative experiences during the pandemic, particularly if if people that dealt with illness themselves, had lost loved ones. Not downplaying that at all, but just for this one particular family that was forced into a certain amount of simplification, um, but that was able, they had the resources, was able to like weather it well. Um, I definitely started to take all that stuff for granted. And it reminds me of um, when... I was uh, a little kid, and we'd be taking a family trip, and we had this long drive ahead of us. Let's say we were driving from Atascadero, California, where I lived when I was pretty little, to Los Angeles to visit relatives, and that was like maybe mm, like a four-hour drive, five-hour drive, uh, which, you know, when you're four seems like forever. So I would put together this big stack of books and comic books and little puzzles and games and all this stuff I was going to do on the trip. And uh, I I felt like I just had this endless time ahead of me where I was being taken out of my day-to-day life and I just had all this time to engage with uh, these these materials, this reading that I wanted to do, these puzzles and games that I wanted to do. I just had endless time. The time was all ahead of me. I was going to get to do all this stuff undisturbed And then I'd sit in the car and the trip would start and I'd look out the window and I'd get distracted by something. And then I'd go to reach for a book, but then I'd get distracted by a bump in the road. And then I'd look at some more stuff outside the window and I'd ask my parents if we were there yet and so on and so forth. And all of a sudden we would end up at our destination and I wouldn't have actually spent any of that time doing any of that reading, doing any of that puzzling. And that time was gone. And uh, that's what the pandemic time period reminds me of. It's not, not that I didn't get to do any of the puzzles or reading any of the books, but it felt like there was this endless journey and this journey was very, very finite. And what's the point of even talking about this? I don't know that there is much of one other than I needed something to talk about on this episode 39 of the Mr. Sensational Geno Vega podcast on the IC Robots Radio Network. But in all honesty, I guess it just uh, goes to show me at least that everything passes the, the worst thing in the world, and for me, the pandemic wasn't the worst thing in the world, but it wasn't a great thing starting off. There was a lot of fear and uncertainty, but the worst thing in the world will be forgotten a year from now, two years from now, 10 years from now, when you're dead. Uh, been going through a lot of stress with uh, tr- attempting to sell the old sensational manor in Santa Rosa, California lately, and I've been telling myself that. It's like as bad as this might seem in the moment, a year from now, I probably won't even remember it. And now that we're almost at the end of the storm, I'm starting to see that that's true. So <clears throat> on one hand, you have that. All, everything passes. Every uncomfortable time period, every bad thing will eventually, in one way or another, be behind you. At the same time, there is, uh, again, that imperative to really enjoy things as they are happening. I will not say be in the moment because you can't keep that moment no matter how hard you try. There's always going to be some distraction. You're a human being. There's going to be something... Calling at you from behind, beckoning to you from ahead, but really do as much as you can appreciate what you're doing today. Um, I guess that's another thing that I learned from this, and and try to take what you appreciated from today, what you learned from today, and bring it into your life moving forward. There's no there's no reason that the moment can't inform the future, as 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 much as we allow it. Again, you can't get the things back from the moment, but you can take what you learned in the moment and uh, push them out into the future. Like I'm still going to be uh Ms. S and I, whenever possible, we'll still be taking our daily walks that became a thing during the pandemic. Um, I'll still be hopefully doing more appointments online than in person whenever, wherever possible, things like that. But in closing on this rant, I guess having plans, uh, Last weekend and feeling as free as I did while we were doing those plans um, was, for me, a personal signpost that that car ride that I thought was going to last forever and I had all this time with is done. And I guess the next one begins until that final car ride. So again, all of these ends of eras, beginning of new ones, ultimately are a reminder that our time here in this particular incarnation is... No matter what we do, no matter what we say, no matter what we think, finite. So try to use it in a way that makes you happy and probably more importantly, makes other people happy. Uh, And that was one long stream of consciousness rant that I wasn't really expecting to go on, but sat down and we are 27 minutes deep. We're going to take a quick break, have a couple of parting thoughts, and then we are out of here. On the Mr. Sensational Genovica podcast on the IC Robots Radio Network. The name's Andre Almeida. I am a man with a plan. The people will come to me for salvation. I have a hunch that something's gonna happen. Take this Stacey concert going on right here. Something very bad is gonna happen here. And we are back for the final moments of episode 39 of the Mr. Sensational Genovica podcast on the IC Robots Radio Network. That was really weird. What was that guy talking about? Although I do often feel like something very bad is going to happen. We'll see. Uh, something that was not bad. I just, uh, during that break, ate a toasted English muffin. A toasted English muffin from a local outfit here in Napa, California called Model Bakery. Uh, we are a food podcast from time to time, so I just wanted to shout out the exquisite English muffin that Model Bakery produces. Um, I've been an aficionado of English muffins my entire life, and uh, I, can, I can generally go for, you know, just a basic Thomas But these Model Bakery ones are like fancy pants, uh, injected with steroids, English muffins, to the point where allegedly—actually, I don't even know if it's allegedly because I feel like she uh, stated this herself in an interview—Oprah Winfrey apparently flies these English muffins from Napa, California, Model Bakery, to her home and wherever her home is. Is she still in the Chicago area? I have no idea. What— why is Oprah Winfrey so famous? Like what, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not denigrating her. I just like, what is it really just cause that shit, that talk show that she had kind of out of the loop, but Oprah Winfrey claiming the model bakery, uh, English muffins good on her. I don't know that they're so good that I would, uh, fly them somewhere. I don't know that I would fly anything anywhere. The, uh, although that said, I guess I do fly things, places when I order stuff online. So is that all she's saying that she like orders them online or she literally has like, a personal pilot go fly and pick them up for her. I'm not sure. Not sure. But Model Bakery English muffins, um, not, not, not good enough for a personal pilot uh, to bring them to you, but good enough to walk down the street and pick up if you live down the street from them like I do. Uh, in closing, I um, was reminded of something very interesting in the Gino Vigum mythos that I'd forgotten about. I was reminded of this while I was walking down the street today, when I was taking one of those walks that uh, became a habit out of the pandemic with Ms. S. I had dropped uh, the kids off at school, um, irritatingly, although I'm not one of those, open the schools now hysterical people. I mean, I understand things take time. There's a lot of moving parts, but just I, from a personal level, irritatingly, my kids are back in, in in-person school, but it's for like two hours a day. So when all said and done, drop off takes me like an hour, and pickup takes me an hour, and it's to only have them gone for two hours. So it's just not really a good, uh, just but for my selfish perspective as a, as their chauffeur, not a, uh, a positive trade off. Uh, but in any case, it was long. There, it's long enough. Like after I drop them off, we can meet up. We can take our walk. We're taking our walk today. We came to the house. We had some lunch. We had some mushroom risotto that. Uh, Ms. S had cooked last night and we were having the, the, the day after the, you know, the, the, the flavors have kind of married a little bit more at that point, but mushroom risotto. I, I realized that I'm no longer doing the lunch segments for icy robots. So I need to kind of bring the food inside much like, what was it that Mr. Trump wanted to bring, bring the light inside to, to treat coronavirus so I'm to bring the food inside the food talk back inside to the Mr. Sensational Genovega you know, like podcast. So yeah, mushroom risotto. And then we took a, took a walk from our house to downtown, back to our house, and she drove back to work, which is downtown. So it's kind of, it doesn't make sense. But anyway, it, it means it gave us like about about an hour of walking time, because it t- took an hour. We walked from our house a half hour into downtown and then a half hour back. But on the way there and back, we passed this construction site, which is a uh, former, it was a, a restaurant that moved into this this storefront in downtown Napa, right next to the river. And the storefront had been this kind of like modernist-looking brush steel uh, affair, and it uh, housed a restaurant known as Burger Fi, kind of like Wi-Fi, but it was Burger Fi. I think they're pl- riffing on uh, on the modernity of the building, if you were, or if you will, as it were, if you will. Um, but that place went out of business, and uh, a new tenant is moving into that storefront, and it is going to be. Napa, California's first and only Tiki Bar. That's right. We're getting a Tiki Bar here in town. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I may have to check it out and do a review for the show when it opens. But we're getting a Tiki Bar. And right now, it kind of looks like, um, because they're doing construction, and every day they've got this guy out there with a chainsaw, just chopping wood with a chainsaw. But he's actually carving Tiki stuff. Like he's carving, you know, totems and stuff like that that they're putting up as decorations. So it almost looks like a, a Disney ride. Cause there is in Disneyland that, uh, you know, the Tiki, 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 Tiki room. It's a Tiki, 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 Tiki room. One of those like kind of things at Disneyland that you're surprised still exists in this day and age. Cause it's like, you know, you're waiting out front and there's this like cartoon tree. I'm Tonga Lua, a God in the form of a tree. You'd think like, I don't know. I think you're supposed to, uh, do like making fun of, uh, indigenous religions or whatever anymore not that that's necessarily making fun of it but you know how things are and i'm not i'm not trying to sound like a mutant like oh you know how these people are offended because i can see both sides i can see why some might find that weird i can see why some might find it like it's just the freaking tiki room at disneyland deal i can understand both sides i'm, I'm a reasonable individual uh I'm totally off track here and just like, going way over time but uh anyway that tiki room though i, I once hit like i crushed about six uh dole whips out in front of that tiki room on one trip to disneyland dole whips and um, as a matter of fact up until mid-pandemic right across the street from where this tiki bar is opening up here in napa there was a frozen yogurt shop that had dole whips the dole the pineapple flavored fro-yo that was essentially a dole whip and it was like the dole company and everything so I was able to get my Dole Whip fix outside of Disneyland, outside of this other theme park in San Diego where I found them before. That place closed, so FML, what are you going to do? Uh, but anyway, so we're walking past this tiki place and the guy's always out there chopping the wood, making the tiki decorations, and he's always blasting uh, music while he's doing it. And today, today he was blasting a song that sounded familiar. And I realized, my God, man, that's Gino Vega's entrance theme. Because as some of you may know, some of you may not know, The Mr. Sensational Gino Gino Vega persona arose out of an online wrestling role-playing game that I used to participate in, and he was my character. Mr. Sensational Gino Vega, he was kind of a Ric Flair knockoff. He was my guy. He was my wrestler. And he came out to the theme of In excesses new sensation. That was his theme music. And I I don't know why I hadn't put two and two together. I hadn't thought about it. Maybe I talked about that on the episode where I revealed... I think it was my first episode back after a few-year layoff when I revealed uh, the Mr. Sensational Gino Vega origin story. I might have mentioned that. I probably did. Has slipped my mind since. So I wanted to shout out to that song. I wanted to uh, close out with that song today, which we are just about to do because this episode is in the can. There was some clanging and banging earlier on, on today's episode. I apologize so much for that. I was in the throes of riffing, and this noise was coming from outside, and I just didn't... I I didn't want to get off my soapbox but then and I thought ah oh, won't come through but then I listened back to some of it and it did come through. This is not a professional uh, endeavor here I'm sure you guys. Uh, I'm sure you guys are uh, punk rock enough to to withstand a little uh a little lo fi a little retrograde uh audio output from yours truly now and again because uh, that is just kind of the way it is. But folks, if you are still with me Thank you for being here. We will speak again next time. We will wait with bated breath to see what uh, Icy Robots has in store for us on the flagship tier of the network. Uh, You know, he has a new uh, Patreon setup, I believe. God, and I don't have the information in front of me. I will plug it more extensively next time. But I think if you just type Icy Robots, one word, Patreon, or go to Icy Robots uh, on Twitter, you will find a post about it. But it is high time. For those of you out there that enjoy the network, enjoy him. this is neither here nor there, but his hard work, his just endless content that he puts out, throw the guy a few bucks. Let's get this Patreon going. Let's let's get him fide, give him a little fundage to uh, to uh, compensate him for all of his hard work. And I will talk about that in more, in greater detail next week. Until then, this is Mr. Sensational Gino Vega for the Mr. Sensational Gino Vega podcast on the IC Robots Radio Network sign